TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. Let's get to the division. We may as well start AFC East, and we'll go out of order on the finishing position because the other big like story in the NFL right now is Aaron Rodgers. What's the Jets' plan if this doesn't work? What's plan B? I think probably Garoppolo, which is such a gigantic fall-off for them. But I think Salah would look at it like we were in it till week 18 with three bad quarterbacks. I know what Jimmy can do. You know, I've heard a lot about how Shanahan despised Garoppolo, which is interesting because then other coaches that were either in San Francisco with him or with him in New... Now, New England's different because Shanahan obviously wasn't with Belichick. But, you know, it's it's interesting that Garoppolo's two fall... Not fallback options, but team's fallback options seem to be the Raiders and Jets with Garoppolo and McDaniels, I think likes him. Sala, I think would trust him to do better than the three quarterbacks that he had there last year. But I don't think Zach Wilson will be their plan B. I think that they're all in. I mean, when a guy like Woody Johnson is flying out to see the guy, you would think because of the vaccine stuff that he wouldn't want Aaron Rodgers at all. Danny he's Johnson and Johnson. No, seriously. You don't think a billionaire would take that shit personally? I'm kind of surprised he's not. Well, and, but Rogers has also talked a bunch of shit on Big Pharma. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah, Florio's been making that point all week, just reminding people of that. Yeah. Good job. uh, Yeah, no, it's a great job. He he said his first question uh, at the press conference in New York to introduce him to the New York media should be, you said on Pat McAfee's show that Big Pharma is like one of the downfalls of American civilization. How does it feel now to be taking money directly from Johnson & Johnson? Like that's, oh, a, that's a great question. It's the New York media. Somebody should. And, I'm, and I bet somebody will. Um, I think plan B should be firing Nathaniel Hackett because you only hired him. <laughs> you only hired him to get Rodgers. And he's clearly not good. We saw him on his own in Denver. So at quarterback, your Jimmy Garoppolo argument is a totally sound one logically, though I am kind of floored at the idea that you would have Zach Wilson at number two and number two overall in the draft and give up on him that quick if your answer wasn't 
like a not that Tom Brady would go there, but you know, a ready-made Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, like end of career star quarterback who obviously supplants anybody who's already on the roster. Like you're not winning a Super Bowl with Jimmy Garoppolo and you're not winning a Super Bowl with Zach Wilson. I could easily make the argument that you owe it to your investment in the second overall pick, not to hand him the job, but to at least let him compete for the job with basically anybody that you're bringing in at a lower tier than Aaron Rodgers. So I think they should cut their losses on Wilson and trade him just because I think it got to a point where it wasn't just the on-field lack of production. It was obviously the way that he graded on his teammates and the way that his teammates viewed him. And unfortunately, that's a situation unlike, say, Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay or Russell Wilson in Seattle. The quarterback gets zero benefit of the doubt. So if the good players on the team turn on him, I don't think there's any coming back from that. So that's why I would do the Josh Rosen thing like Arizona did and just move the guy. And if he comes back to bite you like Geno Smith did 10 years later, whatever. But I think that that's what the Jets should do. I don't. I think it's toxic. If it's not Rodgers and it's just somebody like you mentioned, like if it's Garoppolo, and he's seen as a temporary short-term fix, I think merely having Zach Wilson around is not copacetic. I don't think that that benefits anyone. Would you trade him for a fourth-round pick? If somebody took the contract, which is not huge because it's the second pick in the draft, yeah, I would. I probably would. Yeah, I mean, that is just – that is – like the the Josh Rosen thing, he hadn't proven himself to be awful – and you had the replacement with the number one overall pick. Zach Wilson looked terrible, and you don't have the young heir apparent to replace him for a while. Like that is the definition of buying high and selling low. That's just that's bad investment. But at least you're at least you're selling. Yeah, no, I, I mean, right. I mean, to your point, he could be out of the league in a year. So you you get a top 120 pick instead of nothing. If you if you really think he's a zero, then you should do that. But I, I believe that 22-year-old, 23-year-old kids have the opportunity for some level of maturity, reflection, personal growth, and hopefully the guy can win some of his teammates back over, especially if he doesn't have to play right away. You know who I think you know who you know who I would you know who I think should trade for him? Who's that? I don't like I know their 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 um their draft pick inventory is pretty shot because of the Wilson trade and then trading for Sean Payton. Denver. But you and like, just, but 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 you don't. You think it would be toxic in New York, but you don't think that if Russell Wilson. Well, I just don't think. I, games, I don't think. Well, I, don't, I just don't think Broncos players hate Zach Wilson yet. Yet. Yeah. yeah. The Broncos fans hate Russell Wilson. Right. But at least if the idea is we'll have him sit here for a year and just watch this guy. Yeah, and work with this coach. No, it's. Not, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea. But you're right; they don't have. I think they have like the least draft capital of basically anyone in the league. Uh, as we go through the AFC East teams, we'll start with the. We'll go to now the best one, Buffalo. You wrote, should they trade for Derrick Henry? Why is that top of mind for you? The biggest thing with this team, because they're obsessed with finding a running back, even though they hate running the ball, and they keep drafting guys. And the second Henry was put on the trade block, 
all the odds makers installed the Bills as the favorites to get him. So they just feel like there's this obsession. Maybe it's because McDermott is a defensive coach. And even though it doesn't manifest in games, really, to go with Henry there and actually give them a reason to commit more to a run game. But I just don't think it's a good idea for them. I just don't think they're the right team for that. Like, I feel like that would that might actually have unintended consequences for them making a deal like that. I just think it's such a good running back draft. That I know they've drafted him before, like you said, but your team is a passing team. Your team is Josh Allen. Right. Dra- draft a running back who can also catch the ball and don't give up draft capital for a running back who's got a year or two of... But it's funny that that's what, like, NFL media are saying, like, okay, this is the missing piece for the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Derrick Henry. Because you're going to have to load up to stop him, and that's going to make Allen throw over the top of it, and with Gabe Davis and Stephon Diggs, and almost regardless of who you put as the third wide receiver, how do you stop that? I mean, a running game would help them. But what 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 do you think Tennessee is going to be asking for for Derrick Henry? They're going to be asking I think for they, a lot. No, I think they take a third. See, I, I was thinking take a second. S- yeah, I mean, I I would not do that if I was Buffalo. I, I think they want to get rid of the contract. Right. I but I wouldn't be interested. Like, how many years? I mean, I know he's this generation, this decade's Adrian Peterson because he's basically the same generation as Adrian Peterson, <laughs> but. I mean, how, how much longer could that guy possibly have as a top 10 running back in the NFL? I keep thinking that the year that we just watched was his last one, and I've been doing that for like three years. Correct. Correct. You know who should trade for him? Cincinnati. They've got all kinds of cap space. They don't know how long they're going to be able to keep this together. They're going to cut Joe Mixon. Yeah. Imagine well, him. Well, like, the- I just, I, I just, I, I wouldn't say you should trade for – it, depending on what the pick is, again, I wouldn't trade a top 60 pick for oh, a running back who's got a year or two left. I wouldn't either. You know, so I just, I don't think that Tennessee is going to get what they want for it. But, you know, you start talking about a fourth round pick, fifth round pick. I'm, I'm but I think a third, I think a third's a good compromise. Because we've, we've seen players that have not had long-term deals that were looked at as guys that could help a team get traded at the deadline mid-season for, like, third-round picks. So you get the advantage of having the guy in camp with you the entire year and he gets acclimated to what you're trying to do. Yeah. If you're the Bengals, you don't know. I mean, your window, you think, is another 10 years with Burrow, but with the collection of players you have now, I don't know. I, I, that, that to me, would just – that I, I just don't think Buffalo – I don't know. I just don't think Buffalo's as close as the odds makers think they are to winning another Super Bowl. Personally, do you? It kind of feels like a Belichick player. Yeah, we're, like we're, we're just mentioning AFC teams, though. Like, is Tennessee going to trade him in the AFC? Like, will they look at him like a quarterback? I wouldn't look at it that way because of what you just said. No, I mean, I wouldn't either. But I, I, I got to imagine that they're going to be asking for a lot for Derrick Henry just to explain it to their own fans. Um, This is a weird one. Colin Cowherd keeps talking about Brady not being a broadcaster. Rich Eisen says he's hearing whispers that Brady is going to play. 
Brady tweets about his daughter adopting a kitten, and that's taking too much time away from football, which we can't take anything this dude does on social media seriously. But he retired a second time publicly. He's reportedly filed his retirement papers, but we know about Stephen Ross and the Dolphins' connection to, to Michigan and his obsession with Brady and that he lost the draft pick in this draft to tamper with him to try to get him the last time. Should Mike McDaniel and the Dolphins want, if Tom Brady wants, Tom Brady over Tua? No. I don't, and here's why. Because you're not in the right, you're not in the right conference. You're in a conference with, with Kansas City, with uh, Cincinnati, with the Chargers, if they can ever stay healthy, with Jacksonville, who's an ascending team, with Buffalo in your own division. You put Tom Brady on Miami. I just don't think they go from good team to Super Bowl contender. I don't think he has that kind of impact on teams, even if you're telling me he's got Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell for 17 games. I just don't look at him as that type of quarterback anymore. He needs a perfect offensive line. If there's any offensive line breakdown, he might not get injured like Tua, but he's not going to be that effective. And it's only, it's you know, like maybe it's only a one-year thing. So I would not want to, I would not want to rip the Band-Aid prematurely on Tua in the name of like going with Brady because I just don't think it's the type of quarterback upgrade, Danny, that makes the, the Dolphins a legitimate championship team. Tua surprised me. We talked about it over the course of the year. Like I, I thought that it was everything else around him and that a lot of guys would look good in that system. And I still do think a lot of guys would look good in the system, but the guys who weren't Tua that played did not look good. So Tua gets credit from me for how he performed. The variable here is, is the reporting on Tua accurate? Like, is Tua good to go? Is he your week one starter? Is he just as likely as the majority of players who play that position to be able to play 17 games? Or is he concussion prone? Is he injury prone? Obviously, we know he's on the small scale, you know, bottom 10 percentile of quarterback size in the NFL. It's why I don't like him. It's why I never liked him. So if they have some information, and they should have more information than anybody else, that says like Tua is a real, real risk proposition, high risk proposition, to be able to finish this season, well then sure, because you're not going to be able to do any better. Um, and everyone would at least understand. But it. how could they get that diagnosis right now in March that Tua could not make it through well, I mean, I think that it's possible that they had it at the end of the season and they were just like kind of covering and buying time. I mean, the guy didn't play. So I I assume that Tua is going to play football again. And I assume that Tua will play football at a high level. But so I'm with you that I would not do the Brady thing because Tua looked pretty damn good. But if I knew that Tua might never be the same and the only people who would know that are the Dolphins then I'd be interested in rolling the dice on Tom Brady. That's the well, only scenario. But but I I mean I don't have all the I don't have all the the medical documents in front of me and I would say that it's more likely than not that he won't be the same player and that you know his 
body of work as far as injuries go leads you to believe that he's just not a very durable guy. So, right. The thing is, though, but, that you like that team is so built to win now. Yeah, know? but I just don't think Brady is a is a is a built to win now quarterback anymore. I don't. I mean, like that. Uh, the other part of that Eisen report was that Philip Rivers wanted to play for Miami last year once the injuries happened with Tua, and they turned him down. I don't see a big difference between Brady and Philip Rivers anymore. Well, I mean, one guy played football last year. Okay, did he play well? No. Right. I mean, so that's what I mean. I'm uh, Brady's better, but not m- by much. At least not what he put on tape last year. No, I, I, so, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. He, he, he had his moments. He had all the personal issues. He had the offensive line issues. They were a very injured offense. So, do I think that Brady is still a top 32 quarterback on planet Earth? Yeah, I do. Yeah, me too. You know, so that's what I'm saying. Like, if they think two is not finishing the year, they don't have a better option than Brady because whoever their backup is is not a top 32 quarterback on planet Earth. But with that variable probably not known, I'd roll the dice with Tua. What do you think Belichick is doing and is going to do this offseason? <laughs> uh, they are one of the most forgotten teams in the NFL. They really are. They've got the greatest coach of all time. And the Patriots, outside of New England and Boston, are a non-story. They are a completely like left-for-dead, slept-on franchise. And I just... Belichick has a way of doing things. You know, when he won his first Super Bowl in 01, nobody thought that team was going to be any good. They had gone, what, 4-12 and the year before? So it's not like he needs a hyped up team to win. But at the same time, like he's so old. He wants to break Shula's all-time wins record. I can't imagine that he's just content with a team that if he coaches his balls off, wins nine games. Because that's what they look like to me. They go nine and eight. You say great coaching job, Bill. With yeah. the team they have. I I agree with you. Is there a scenario that exists where he holds on too long and Andy Reid keeps winning? Where Reid gets to like four Super Bowls? Like four, four rings, not attends four Super Bowls. Uh, hmm. He's already done that. and But wins four rings and finishes strong like you know, gets carried off, wins one in his last game or whatever, and Belichick strings together five losing seasons in seven years post-Brady, finishes with more wins, finishes with more rings, but we'll end up looking at it like, man, Andy Reid had winning seasons with six different quarterbacks, and as soon as he got a good one, he was amazing. Belichick, he really only did it with Brady. Is there any scenario in which that happens and the the GOAT conversation or even the best coach of his generation becomes a legitimate debate? I think so, and here's why. Because Chuck Knoll won four Super Bowls and had such a bad run in the 80s 
where they only won, I think, two playoff games. And he basically went from 1980 to 1991 and only won two playoff games in 12 years. And because of that, even though we had four, I think when Walsh retired with three, there was a thought that he was a better coach than Noel. Like, I don't think, just my personal opinion, I don't feel like it took Belichick surpassing him or even tying him for people to, like, I don't think Noel was regarded as the best coach in NFL history while he had four Super Bowl championships. No, you know what Bel- I mean? Belichick is talked about as the GOAT as like a statement of fact, like Gretzky is yes. talked about as the GOAT in hockey. I agree with you on that. I agree with you on that. But the, the argument I'm trying to make is that we've already had at least one era of football where the coach with the most Super Bowls was not widely regarded or universally regarded as the best head coach of all time. Yeah. I just, I, I wonder, you know, how if it goes poorly for a while, like how many years it would take for him to not unravel his legacy. I mean, he's unbelievable, obviously. He's a Hall of Famer. He, you know, he's unbelievable. But I'm, I'm wondering, because it's not one more year. But like you said, if he wants the wins record and he has a bad team, he might be hanging around for the better part of a decade. I I just don't sense that there's any urgency there with the Patriots. None that's reported on or or reported about. I agree. Yeah, I don't know. The the offensive coordinator change there, bringing Bill O'Brien back. I think that that puts Mac Jones on the clock where most reasonable people would think if he doesn't make huge strides with this coach, that it would be fine if Belichick went into the following year's draft and took a quarterback. You know, like I I don't, I've never understood other than, oh, Nick Saban, convince me that this was the next Tom Brady, even though he didn't have great physical traits or tangible qualities. I still don't understand what Belichick saw in the guy. I don't get it to this day. Yeah. I mean, I think this, it was just, he needed a quarterback and Saban told him he was smart and he was impressive on a chalkboard. Problem is you don't get to bring the chalkboard onto the field, but yeah, I think that they are one of the least interesting teams, if not the most, most least The least interesting? I could have just said least. The least interesting team in football. I can speak. I told you, I'm sick. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. It's better over here.
After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months.